good, actually. I feel like I'm taking full advantage of this quarantine. <laughs> yeah, just getting stuff done around the house as well as trying to stay creative. So it's been probably a needed break for me, as much as I hate to say. As much as I'm struggling everything else, parts of it have been good. Yeah, I, uh, I just now started to get any sort of productive. Yes. Just spent three weeks just like or a month just like spiraling like I don't know everything oh yeah good, you know um and I just had like a like my brain was just foggy like I couldn't even think to be creative I couldn't do anything but lay there and watch I feel yeah um, yeah I did like two weeks of that I cried a lot like you know and just like and then felt sad because I wasn't doing anything and so I'd like try to do something and I was like this all sucks and so yeah. Oh no, I was there. I was yeah. there. <laughs> no, I had a lot happen right at the beginning. Um, because I was dating someone when it started. Ugh. And that ended in a blaze of glory. Um, oh man. So bad. It ended Ugh. so bad. Um, but it would have ended eventually anyway. This quarantine stuff just kind of made because uh he was out of town for like a week. Um and then he came back right after comedy got shut down. So like March 17th or something like yeah. that. And um, then I was with him for like two days. Hi. <laughs> That's my boyfriend, Tyler. Tyler, Helen. Helen, Tyler. Hi, Tyler. <laughs> yeah, he was like coming in. Like, I was like, I told you what I'd be doing at this time. <laughs> no, uh, he, uh, no, but he was out of town. And so <clears throat> when he came yeah. back, I was there for like four days in a row and then it just like the you know we were both stressed and the pressure and yeah it just it just brought some things to light that we would have been brought to light eventually but like he doesn't like being roasted mm. you can't <laughs> date a comedian if that's yeah. the case right that's what I told him <laughs> yeah I was like don't ever date another comedian then yeah um, not well, and especially if you can't be in person and he can't have like the tone and we guys can like play if you're like messaging stuff like that and they're already sensitive, like. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. He, I, I never did try to roast him via text. Okay, that's good. <laughs> I avoid roasting in text unless I know someone really well and they can right? like, hear my voice and see my face and. Yeah. yeah, that can backfire so easily. That's my water. You have water over there. <laughs> right. <laughs> You want some cheeses? No. Um, yeah, so that happened, and then uh, I lost my glasses for a couple days. I have contacts, but oh my god, they were dwindling. Yeah, and I don't really like wearing them all the time. I I I don't even. I, they're old too. I don't even get like I got them because I was originally going to just use contacts on stage because uh, the lights are so bright and they right. it, but they're so dry and like, I just didn't want to have to deal with that on stage. Right, so, you're on stage like, ah, I've done that before. Like, oh, get through this. I lost the contact in the middle of a set once. Because uh, like, my eye was weird and I went like this and it just popped out. So yep. I no <laughs> glasses from now on. And now they're kind of just like part of my personality. I think. Yeah, exactly. But, and then I got a job and then I got fired like four days later. Oh my God. So that was like the first three weeks of quarantine. Just, uh, yeah, when I got fired, I was just like, what the fuck? Jesus. Yeah. But the firing, not... I don't know if it would have happened if we had been in person because I was working from home and it was a chat conversation. He said I had attitude when I didn't, but I don't know. Yeah. If I would have said it to him, and I don't think if I was in person in their office and hired on, like, and wasn't going through an agency, because he didn't even fire me. Like, I was just doing my job, and at 3.30, I got a call from the lady from the agency. It was like, they're going to let you go. And I'm like, I'm literally working right now. Yeah. Jeez. So, so yeah, that really spiraled me out. Oh, uh, yeah. Week. I would say, like, a week, I was just like what's the point of anything, you know, and I got right. real dark for a minute there, but now I think like these interviews are helping. That's good. I have them every day this week. Um, stop. You need to have like something I learned on your calendar, like no matter what it is, if it's one fucking thing, 
something I feel like, especially us as comedians when we had shows and things, you gotta yeah. have like one thing at least a day yeah. like, to survive. And the thing that like when comedy died here, I mm -hmm. felt the impact of it because I the of the Facebook page. Yeah. All those events were in my events in yeah. 5280. So as they got canceled, I got notifications just for like a week, just notifications right. every day. Comedy's dead. It, Comedy's it, dead. Yeah. It's so tough. It is. And I was just like, then there were my own shows, and I was just like, oh my God, it's all over. This is the whole crazy thing for me. Yeah. And I don't have a partner. So it's just me and Luke here. You right. I'm actually going to go to Kansas on Sunday. Um, I have a friend there that is living alone. Well, she has a grown son, but he's in and out, but, yeah. um, yeah, my kids are there and stuff and I don't know. We'll see how long my son's like, how long are you going to stay? I was like, until I can't stand it anymore. And I come right? back I, or it's over, whichever happens first. I mean, I'm keeping my place here and everything. I'm not like, yeah, still paying my rent. I'm not moving back, but okay. No, change the scenery for a bit. Just, yeah, just because Lynette, like, she's all alone and I'm all alone and she's got a spare room and... Yeah. I just, I'm not equipped to spend this much time by myself. Yeah, um, I feel yeah. I can handle being single when there's a world to have, you know what I mean? Yes, no, totally. <laughs> I don't have comedy, you know, that's... Yeah. And I don't know when it'll be back. Um, that's what's real tough there's no like countdown there's no like we're over that you know and you want it to be ready but also you don't want to bring it back too soon like so. yeah so and it's you, a torn feeling I think like if stuff just opens up there's going to be plenty of people that are still like hesitant because they just yeah. trust the government and rightly so so for sure I think like even after they open everything up it's going to be at least another month before people the audiences are like, yeah, I want to risk being in public for a stupid comedy show. Sure. Right. Yeah, I'll do that since I can just watch it online whenever I want, you know? <laughs> so, right. Yeah. But um, festivals still go as of now. Um, I'm still moving forward as if it's happening. Right. And, you gotta. You know, um, the problem with like postponing it is that so many things are going to get postponed for the fall. Right. That you're going to be competing with all that. <gasps> what about high planes? Sorry. I just. Yeah. Well, um, oh. on their website, it still says they're on for September. Yeah. But they're supposed to have a resurgence in the fall. I can't yeah. even think about that right now. I can't even think about high planes not happening. I know. I can't. It's tough. Last year was the first year I went to it. Like, I mean, I volunteered, but it's the first time I've watched it as a comedian. Oh, nice. Yeah. And um, really got into the excitement of it, like like it's comedy Christmas and all that. And Right. All the names you can see, you know, just like, oh, whoa. So many people I'm friends with on Facebook that I'm like, let's be friends on Facebook. And we're like, oh, we've been friends for two years. Yeah. I just met so right. many people and hung outside mutiny till 4 a.m. getting high. And uh -huh. I really miss just getting high with my friends, you know? I know. I feel yeah. It is tough out there for sure. At first it was just the missing being on stage, you know? Mm. Now it's all of it. I just miss everything. I know. Even just uh, personal contact, you know, just not having that for so long. Yeah. That's one reason I'm going to Kansas, too, is because, like, yeah. if I need a hug, uh, Lynette can give me a hug. Yeah, you're living together, so. Yeah, I still am not going to get to see my mother. Um, she lives there, but she's, like, 70, so I'm still not yeah. going to go in and get a hug from my mom. Um, but my kids are... My kids are being cautious, but they're still like, you know, working and everything. And they're, uh, the young kids don't really seem to care. Um, yeah, that's for sure. But I remember being young. I thought I was invincible. I wouldn't have given a shit when I was 20. Oh, yeah. 18. I've been like, fuck this. I can live forever. Um, oh, yeah. Totally. 
But yeah, so hopefully I can see a little bit of my children. Um, yeah, so that's going to be good. Yeah. But anyway, so this is uh, the Art of Comedy podcast. I'm not horribly good at this, of uh, staying on topic. Uh, <laughs> there'll be a lot of editing I have to do. Okay. But I have a... Uh, I do have an idea for another podcast and so I can always use the non cause I just end up bullshitting um, with my friends. And so I'm going to do another podcast while the quarantine things going on called uh, the fat lonely bitch. Nice. I don't know if you saw my, that, that was my fake comedy album on Friday. Oh, very cool. I'll have to look it up. Fat lonely bitch. Yeah, it's on my Facebook. It's everywhere. But it's actually my Facebook profile picture right now, I think. But that's because, like, my friend posted something about improv. She's in Omaha. And then some dude, comedian, just shit on improv, you know. Yeah, as they do. Shit on her joy. That's really what, you know what I mean? Like, she had a happy post, and he's like, meh. And so I kind of went off on him and called him a cunt. And... Um, <laughs> Then he like flipped out though. I made one thing and he like flipped out and just like, just like comment, 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 comment. Yeah. He just like told me that I was worthless. Like I wasn't, I don't remember, like I was worthless, but he called me a fat, lonely bitch, essentially, not in one yeah. message. But like he talked shit, like he was like, he said something about my cholesterol level or something like that, you know. And um, he said, I'm lonely because my picture's with my dog. And, you know, of course he called me a bitch. That's the first one. Um, yeah, he just went off. Like, and then I pretended like I was just roasting him and he was freaking out for nothing. I, ga I gaslit him is what I did. Oh, nice. <laughs> and, uh, he ended up just looking like an idiot. Right. I mean, and I sure look like a bitch, but I am a bitch. And I am <laughs> That is, that is my body. I'd have a lot. Right. And we're all a little lonely right now. Yeah. Who's not? Right? Yeah, I see it. Very good. Oh, yeah. I'm a fat, lonely bitch. So what? Um, <laughs> I'm going to own it. Yeah. I can't change and own it. That's what I say. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, if anything is said during this podcast that... There's some stuff I got to cut out from some other ones because we just got like, we just started chatting about boys and stuff. Yeah. And actually mentioned some names of people. <sighs> just in case anybody actually does listen to this, I don't know mm -hmm. if anyone's really going to listen to it, but it would be my luck that the wrong person would listen to that episode and then right. I'm enthralled in some Denver drama or something. <laughs> but... I miss Denver Trump. <laughs> right, I know. There's, there's, there's. And pretty light. Mike Capolino or whatever his last name is and Steve Vanderplug. It's mildly, yeah. it's mildly amusing, but. Uh, I've realized, uh, cause I'm, you know, in the Springs I get like, we get like the fringes of it. So I've uh, realized that Steve Vanderplug is definitely one to like watch whenever I want some like juicy drama have a little bit of time to read through a comment thing i'm just like oh let's see what steve's doing yeah <laughs> whenever i want to catch up <laughs> he's good for that yeah i like him though it's like uh seems like everyone does but he definitely is well, involved most of the time he is funny um and he works very hard and produces a lot of shows and he's very committed to comedy um and when it comes to his shows and stuff, he's very professional. So I have respect for him as a comedian. Nice. Um, whereas I don't have respect for Mike as a comedian. Obviously, <sighs> this is not going to be. Yeah. Let's just talk some shit real quick. <laughs> yeah, Mike is uh, a nice guy. But man, I was supposed to do a show, his show at Mutiny, like his midnight show or something. And he, I don't know what he was on. I don't know if he was drunk or a mixture of things, but he like passed out and they called an ambulance. And then he was like, "What?" yeah, he puked. Oh my God. He puked in the trash can by the front door. Um, and before I, the show even started? Before the show even started. Well, we were outside and he was handing out his little handbills, which just was like a homeless guy. So no one's taking them from him. But 
And he's like, what did he say? He said something like there's something wrong with my head or something. I'm having a problem with my brain. I can't remember what weird shit he said. And then he goes inside, but I was like, that's Mike, you know? And um, then like, I go back inside and um, there were, there had been, there was puke in the trash can and I was like, what's going on? And they're like, he passed out in the bathroom. They're calling an ambulance and they showed up and he refused to go with them. We thought he was very gray and sweaty. And I really thought maybe it was a heart thing or something, you know, cause he's not a young guy and uh, he refused to go with them. So the ambulance people left and he was awake and alert and I got him some water that he wouldn't drink. He was like a child. Um, and then he wanted to keep the show going. Hi. We're here to put a, we're here to put a screen, screen on my window. Luke. Luke, come here. Come here. Come here. Luke. Oh, I'm not supposed to have my dog. Come here. Luke. I don't think they care right now. Right. No, but he, uh, he had a, man, I hope they don't come to my room. It is an absolute mess right now. I'm prepared to have someone in here at the moment. There's so much weed everywhere. Anyway. They don't have to come inside to put a screen on, right? I wouldn't think so. You can do that from the outside. Yeah. I'm glad they're in. I mean, I opened my window anyway, but yeah, cat will really like it because I can't have the window open when the cat's in here because the cat will jump out. But it right. loves, he loves my window the best. Anyway, um, so he threw up, and then I got him some water, and then he, he was just insisting that the show was going to go on, and me and the other comedians that were on it were like, do you – do you want to keep doing it? Like, I don't know. And then, um, so we started getting the space ready over there at Mutiny, you know, and, and, uh, he was trying to get, he was trying to get audience people to stay. And then he started like, at one, like he started throwing up again and he's just over there, like on the, you know, where you, we do the shows, just puking. Yeah. Oh puking, my God. Puking, puking. And he had his shoes off. And, um, so I'm sitting there and I'm talking to like, like, Brian Evans and Joel Vernon and I can't remember who all was there, but I was like, you guys have fun. I'm, I'm calling my, yeah. I'm going home. Cause it's like 1230 at this point. Right. And I'm like I'm going home. Uh, this is ridiculous. And so, yeah. I went home and, um, yeah, like what, what little seriousness I could, I took from him that I now, I have no seriousness. Like he's like, I got 20 comedy albums. It's him talking into a thing on a, Ah. out by the dumpster. You oh, you know? mean your crazy tapes? <laughs> yeah, like that's not, anybody can do that, Mike. Yeah. Anybody can just ramble into a recording. Yeah. Stand outside. That doesn't make you a comedian. It doesn't make <laughs> it a comedy album. <laughs> Even if it's funny. So. That's pretty good. Yeah, but so he likes to give Steve a lot of shit. Yeah. And he's been instigating it lately. Like, Steve uh, made a post and Mike commented on it. And then it's uh, shit. I'm like, Mike, don't act like the big the bear. Yeah. yeah. You're ridiculous. And you could go away and no one would give a shit. <laughs> but he, I mean, I don't know. He's a nice guy. He's just uh, done too many drugs. Yep. Burnt out. <sighs> I think he's like always on acid. Yeah, that's uh, half the Colorado Springs comedy crew I would say there are a lot of acid there's a lot of cocaine up here yeah I would say well acid's like always there and then yeah there's still cocaine involved a lot of the time the kids the kids are talking about the cocaine <laughs> like it's uh like it's marijuana on stuff right? you know ever since marijuana got legalized yeah and I want to just shake them and be like it's not the same right exactly <laughs> Yeah. It's bad for you. <laughs> but I get kind of mama. I get kind of mama bear about some of the comedians because I'm old enough to be their mother. Well, and you watch some of them and they're so naive or ignorant. You're just like, oh, how do you survive? Yeah. Like, oh my God. Yeah. No, I'm glad I got started later because I, I wouldn't have 
been productive. Yeah. What would I have even made jokes about when I was 20? <laughs> right. <laughs> but no, but then I see kids like Lily Osberg. I don't know if I've seen her. Oh, she's so funny. She just turned like 18. Oh, wow. She's such, she's so just dark already. <sighs> she's already so dark and jaded. That's funny. And, um, oh, what's that other kid? Linus? Eric She is. Eric funny. She, that's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah. He's, he's 18. They were all like, oh, Eric's legal. I like one of the last shows. And I was like, oh, you can have a beer. They were like, no, 18. I was like, oh, like you're not even 21. Like, I was like I've been offering you beers on like two different shows. He just, you know, I was like, no, thank you. He's just an adorable little baby. Um, oh, I know. But very funny. Yeah. So people dark. remember him. Yeah. And I don't know where his darkness comes from, but <laughs> I mean, I've talked to Lily and I know a little, like where hers comes from, but I don't know where Eric. I don't know a lot about him. Yeah, I, on the sideline. I mean, he likes to read a lot. He's a little nerdy kid, and oh yeah, he's super smart, and he's got like nice parents or anything. I don't know where his darkness comes from, but it's amazing right. and it's hilarious. Some people just have it, <laughs> and I'm fucking jealous. <laughs> yeah, these kids that get up there and they're just funny. You know? Yeah, right. And they have their whole fucking life ahead of them. Yeah, you know? I know it's hard. It's they like wake up feeling good in the morning. <laughs> yeah, they 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 bounce out of bed. You know? Yeah, tons of bitches. <laughs> I spent my youth being a mom, so it wasn't like wasted or anything. My kids are pretty cool, so nice. I got lots of material on them. I like <laughs> my kid material is beautiful because when I walk into a room and it's a bunch of old white people, I'm like kid jokes. <laughs> yeah. That's always uh, helpful they or an equalizer too. They don't want to hear about what my vagina looks like. No, nope, most of them don't. You learn. They do. They don't care to hear. Like I have a joke about how the kids destroyed my vagina and they like that one, but I don't actually say vagina, but they know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <sighs> so man, I miss telling jokes. Okay. Let's focus. I am going to be, I am going to do a, my first online open mic tonight and um I did a show on Friday with Joe Kimball her little comedy like the game show thing which is pretty fun. Nice. And then Saturday I'm on um Billy Joe's show. Okay. My friend in Omaha asked me to do her show and I was like I'm already booked. I was like that never <laughs> once happened to me. <laughs> post you know pre-apocalypse yeah. <laughs> I've never, first of all like I, I wasn't asked to do very many comedy shows if I was on a show it's because I asked to do it right and then and now I get like so I'm like can we keep this up when I right when the world starts going can I get <sighs> so I'm just trying to stay freaking relevant in people's faces at this point like don't forget totally. about me yeah how are you doing the virtual open mic? Zoom. Okay. Oh, they're on Twitch. I'm not sure. Some of them do Zoom. Yeah. They have a, because it's through the back line in Omaha. Uh huh. And um, I'm not sure how it's going to work. I guess we'll yeah. figure that out I, later. I haven't watched one that I felt like was super smooth or successful yet. I feel, and not just, you know, people are trying really hard and it's just like kind of getting figured out. Yeah, so I'm interested, and that's also why I've been tuning in, to, not just to support, like, I like to do that, I want to see comedy and stuff, but I've been trying to watch how people are doing this, mm-hmm. to see, like, how can this be done well? Yeah, I, um, I think there, there's a lot of comedians on it, so I don't know, um, the only reason I'm on it is because she's my friend, and I know she'll put me up early, and then I can get the fuck out of there if I want. <laughs> yeah. Because the only thing I can think would be worse than sitting through an open mic is a virtual open mic with just unfunny people. I, yeah. she's like, well, you can mute it and like say shit to them. I'm like, that's true. Yeah. And I can message her on Facebook and talk shit, you know? That is true. Um, but you can't do that in real life. I mean, you can't. Yeah. Do you don't have to whisper. Now it can just be like, <sighs> they, they can't. I'll have to take the video off so they can't see my eye rolls. Ugh. Yes. But she has people, one of the fun things about the online 
shows is that I'm connecting with people in other cities and LA and New York and all this stuff that I never would get to meet or, you know, it would take a lot to meet. So, yeah, you know, trying to find the silver lining. Totally. And what I feel like the way I'm approaching it too, is that I feel like this isn't necessarily uh, the environment of like virtual isn't really conducive for stand up because we've all loved the live aspect of it. Mm -hmm. uh, so I've been trying to stretch my comedy of like, what other things can I do with my comedy besides stand up to yeah. like send out there. So I've been doing some videos that I'm working on editing that I felt like I wouldn't have had the time because I was producing so many shows before. So this has been kind of fun to like try comedy in a different realm yeah i'm just really focused on getting my i need to get the art of comedy website with more content and and that's the point of these interviews and stuff too is so the, my main focus right now is really the nonprofit. um so that's really my goal is to bring awareness to my nonprofit that isn't officially a nonprofit yet but it will be i filed it will be soon so nice. um Thanks to my stimulus check, I was able to pay for that. And I did get some donations online to help pay for it. So, but, so yeah, so that's what I'm doing. Um, Cause I want to, I want to get, you know, sponsors and stuff for my festival. So I need to. Yeah. Tell me about your festival. I don't know if I know all the details. Um, the Art of Female Comedy Festival is, um, it's all female, non-binary. I did it last year in Wichita. It was two days. Cool. Um, and uh, it's going to be four days here. Um, the, nice. Yeah. The first night's going to be at Wide Right, previously Rocksteady. Um, okay. um, and that's going to be like a pass holder only show. Like you have to buy a, a festival pass to even go. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then the other three days are going to be at the Buck Theater, hopefully. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to afford to do that since I have to pay for it. I just, I really didn't want it like the art of comedy showcases I was doing and the festival to be at like a bar or yeah. a brewery because I, I wanted to take it up to a different level because I wanted to like, because it's about the art of comedy, you know? Yeah. And, um, so I really wanted to have it in a theater. I really wanted to have it in like a, like an art place, like a not studio, a, uh, gallery, gallery. That's the word I'm thinking. Of. <laughs> um, but ever could really figure that out. So, but I really, I love bug theater and I love Alex and, and all that. So hopefully I get to continue having it there, but, yeah. um, there's actually going to be, there's, there's a couple sketch groups, um, that are going to be there and, and one improv group from, I don't remember where they're from, but they're, I think New York area somewhere. Um, or maybe Chicago, I don't remember, but they're a female improv, like, you know, two people, partners, and then there's two sketch groups, and there's going to be a film um, that is kind of like a dark comedy, but it's written and directed and starred women, so. So for this, just because I'm kind of working on some ideas with that, how did you find these people, like, to come in and bring them to the festival? Um, I just posted this, uh, the, the thing to submit in like every single comedy group like went crazy. Yeah. All over the country. Um, I initially opened it up to last year's participants and Colorado comedians first. Yeah. And then I gave them a couple weeks to submit, um, for free. And then uh -huh. I opened it up to, um, everyone else. Um, I'd really like to figure out how to get more like uh, trans and non-binary people in there, but there aren't a lot of them doing comedy. Right. Um, so um, I wouldn't, I would like the, the art of comedy, you know, there's females, there's certain legs of it. There's going to be like the females is my first one because that's just where I started. And then mm. I want to get into the LGBTQ people and then troubled youth so I don't know if um, I would like to have a queer festival eventually too, maybe next year. Yeah. 
and but it won't be four days it'll probably just be two i don't know if i can get that many queer comedians here and i really not that i don't i want some real queer folk um <laughs> like not just like because there's so many of these kids coming these boys that are by now in the, yeah in the denver scene and not that their stories aren't valid. I don't know. I just don't want it taken over with a bunch of white dudes that also happen to like penis. You know what I mean? I yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, uh, just like, just like there's diversity all over, there can be diversity in every group, you know, get a mixture of stories. In there. Yeah. Cause that's really what, that's really what like the larger grand scheme goal of the nonprofit is, is to get, as many voices out there, like voices we're not hearing, um, to get their voices out there. Cause that's how you really make any real social change. I need to yeah. get, I need, I need these people to get famous and get in people's living rooms. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I get, you know, a lot of people, uh, have never heard messages or maybe have never even known a message from a trans person, like, or, you know, just different, uh, ways of messages being delivered and comedy is always the best tool for that. In my yeah. Cause I have, I have some material, my ex-boyfriend, um, when I first started comedy, not too long after I started comedy about six months in, I started dating a trans man and I wrote material about him. I had maybe 10 or 15 minutes about our relationship. And so like the first, you know, half of it or so I was just talking about a relationship. Like you talk about a relationship. Um, and he was just my boyfriend. And then at the end of it, I say, you know, I start talking about him being trans and I didn't, I didn't write it like that on purpose, but that's just how it worked out. And he was like, yeah. I really like it because he's been in the audience enough when I tell my material that he could see the audience be like, Oh, like, oh, like they just have normal yeah. relationships just like uh -huh. me and Mike. Cause they were relating to our relationship for 10 minutes. Yeah. And then I slide that in there and they're like, what, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, um, so I, I need to bring that material back. I want to start doing more queer material, but as soon as I started thinking about like doing it, all these kids are doing their bi jokes and I don't want to say <laughs> I'm jumping on some sort of wagon when I've been on the wagon. Right. Yeah. The whole time. I just <laughs> wasn't doing those jokes. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so like the, the, you know, the mission statement of the nonprofit is to help people heal through the art of comedy one microphone at a time. So that's really what the goal is, is like to, the initial goal is to work with people that um, have, you know, survived sexual assault and um, domestic abuse, things like that, um, to uh, just to help, like, even if they don't do anything, I think going to a comedy class or an improv classes can be, they can get the benefits of it, even if they don't ever do anything with it. Right. Yeah, definitely. Cause I just know how comedy has helped me. And so, um, I just want to, well, it changes your perspective. It changes how you think about the world when you start looking at through that, like uh, all the time for me, it's kind of like, how can this be a joke that I can do on stage? But because of that lens, it kind of tilts it to like, what's the funny part about every situation? Yeah. You know, like look for it or like, what does everybody else not see in this? Or like, what is everybody missing? Uh, or like, how are these things connected? You kind of just like raise yourself above situations. Yeah. And so, yeah, which is something that I'm always going to have somebody, I, I yeah. don't know who, but that they, it's something that even if I quit comedy, my brain's changed. Yeah, better, you know, totally. what? so, um, yeah, just the confidence that comedy has given me. So when did you start comedy? Uh, it was August, 2015. Really? Is when I did my first, uh, open mic. I had, I turned 25 that June. So I kind of had a quarter life crisis. Uh, so I was just like, ah, oh, and I just ended a relationship with like the college boyfriend, lived with him, uh, like moved, packed up my stuff, moved out. I had no idea where I was going, pulled my life back together for a couple months. Um, and then 
uh, met with a guy in town that had been doing improv and comedy and stuff like that. So I kind of met with him for a little bit. And then I uh, got, he helped me like write my type five. Like he told me kind of like the ropes of what to expect. And my very first open mic was at a yoga studio. (laughs) So I like eased myself into it. I think it was perfect for like who I am. Like I look back at some of these open mics where people have to endure for their first time. I'm like, like, I don't know if I would have ever come back. But I had like people like snapping and like, yeah, girl, do you? Like after a yoga class, like, and I was the only comedian and they were all just like, that was so great, you know? And everyone listened. And then the next time I did it at Zodiac, which is kind of like our number one uh, Monday night open mic spot. It's been around for decades. Like everybody goes to it uh, and you can actually go up on stage where you can't see the audience because the lights are so bright. So it's like, that was, I'm glad I did it first the other place where then here I'm like, okay, like I can do this, you know? Um, And so that's when I met the comedians and actually started with the community and just like hit the ground running and then went to found up open mics and went to every single one possible after that yeah this is a theme i'm seeing um uh, i was at a low point right <laughs> started comedy and then uh, i'm addicted and exactly so that's why i think like teaching it to people that have you know just come out of probably a low point mm-hmm is, is, is a good time to get them. Um, it's a good time to, to get them into comedy. Um, yeah. And that's, that's the kind of, I mean, just across the board, male, female, whatever. Most people, it was like, yeah, my girlfriend broke up with me and I was homeless and yeah. Right. (laughs) And I found comedy. Yeah. There's all, there's a, it's usually some kind of life change that pushes you into it yeah there's something that happens if you're going to start because people would just do it on a whim and it's like just like start it usually don't continue but mm-hmm. there's some kind of like force pushing you into it those are the people that become comedians. the universe man yeah the universe right <clears throat> that's what <laughs> that's how i ended up in denver living in my suv <sighs> i uh I was just like, my kids were pretty grown and I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to go. Yeah. I'm going to trust that the universe will provide what wow. I need when I need it. And, uh, it's that, that, that line of thinking has worked really well. Cause I don't, I mean, I obviously have goals for myself. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm like, mm, no, just trying to eat my cheeses. <laughs> go eat your food. But at the end of the day, I, I'm really just keeping myself open to what the universe wants to provide for me. Like I don't have serious aspirations to be famous um, or be a household name. You know, I don't think that there's going to be a day when I can't walk down the street and get, I'm not going to have paparazzi following me. I don't think that's right. be my life. Not that I would be like, no, if you know what I mean, <laughs> right? Um, if it happens to me, I'm certainly <laughs> open to it, but um, it's not something I'm seeking by any means. And I know right. there's a lot of people that are, and good for them. Yeah. And most people that get to that level did want it, and they that was like their goal in their head was to get there. But I, I, I feel like it would be delusional for me to think that that I'm going to get to that point. I mean, I know that I'm funny enough. Um, so yeah, really my, my focus is more on, um, I love comedy. I love doing stand up myself. Um, but I want to like help people with comedy, not just in the nonprofit, but like, I love new comedians. I, I love their energy. That's Um, awesome. Someone needs to love them. I do. I love them. They're like little <laughs> comedy babies. Yeah. Because um, that's how I am. Like, I have all this love to give. I have uh-huh. nurturing that I want to give to people. And, um, you know, I've, I've fruitlessly given it to man after man, you know. Mm-hmm. So I got to I gotta put it somewhere. I got to put right. this love and this nurturing side of me. I have to do something with it. I can't just keep it to myself. So, um 
yeah, the art of comedy, there's going to be a showcase that was supposed to start right before shit hit the fan, a newbie showcase. Uh-huh. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, because I want to give people that, you know, their first, their first actual show, you know, their first dollar uh, as a comedian, because I remember getting my first and how um, good it felt to get that 20 yeah. bill. That and, sweaty five. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> I want to give that to people who deserve it, not just anybody, because I see, you know, there's so many comedians here and there's so many high level shows here that are great and amazing and they have all these amazing comedians on it, but there's not, there's just not a lot of opportunities for these new people. And there's so many of them and producers get so busy. Sure, they're at mics, they're watching people and stuff like that, but yeah, there's just too many. There's just too many. And, and the new ones usually go late at the mics. Well, yeah, they don't have any pull any weight yet. Yeah. So I, I kind of like to, you know, find little diamonds in the rough. That's nice. Um, and there's people that, you know, I think are ready to do a 30 minute, you know, are ready to headline a, a newbie show. You know what I mean? Not comedy works by any means, but they just haven't ever done it. Um, right. If nobody gives you the opportunity to do 30, how are you supposed to do 30? Um, right. And yeah. So like uh, Selma, Zachy, do you know who she is? Yeah. She so, uh, was booked on my, let's see, it all went to hell on the 17th. She yeah. was on a show on the 20th, I think. Yeah. Friday. Uh, and I was stoked, or maybe it was Thursday, Thursday, I don't know, whichever one. I was stoked, excited to meet her. Um, and yeah, she's so good. And I, you know, I only, some of it is just because I want to, I want to see her do 30 minutes. I want to enjoy it because yeah. I know she can, you know? And so, you know, like I asked her, I was like, can you, you know, do you think you can do 30, you know, yeah. a month or so? And she's like, yeah, yeah, I got 30. Yeah, I can do that. That'd be awesome. And so I was like, yeah. And then like, you know, just giving people their first, you know, cause you're going to remember your first yeah like in high school i took lots of boys virginities <laughs> they'll always remember me they'll always remember me <laughs> um but i thoroughly enjoy it i enjoy seeing them get those opportunities and watching them kill and um yeah also newbies still have family and friends that give a shit for yeah they haven't been like pounded with show after show so they'll yeah, it is a uh, little trick I've learned too. Like, give them five if they're a bringer. <laughs> Just like, make sure. they, they have to be funny. They have to be something. Yeah. I want a book. That's a given. I'm not just putting somebody on a show because I know. Oh, 100%. Yeah. But there's so many funny people here. There's so many people that definitely yeah. can do 10 to 15 well. That, uh -huh. um, and there's more coming. There's more coming. There's more coming. So I'm always going to have a new fresh batch, you know, and yeah. then I would hope that like, you know, when I dream of what things can be, I, I, I dream of this newbie show being a place where um, people, it just kind of gets a reputation because they don't have any name recognition. Nobody hardly right. does. It's just uh -huh. that the show gets a reputation of being good. People will come watch the show regardless of who's on it. Right it's like um, the Denver Comedy Lounge. Um, I know if I go to the Denver Comedy Lounge, no matter who's on there, it's gonna be a good show. I've never once gone there and it hasn't just been amazing. So yeah. I kinda wanna get just the reputation of the show always being good, so. Yeah, and that's a benefit you guys have in Denver that I'm still working towards in the springs of getting even reputations of shows where people in the community just like start you know we have a few that are kind of like building now but um you know audience numbers that are like comedy fans yeah and that is yeah that's definitely uh something to be grateful for in denver and in fort collins fort collins and denver both have good comedy fans which is yeah. super i was awesome. just telling my friend that i uh, she's in san antonio and i did an interview with her yesterday and yeah I'm just telling her you know, she was like, why is Denver so great? And I was like, not just the talent, but the, the people want it. There's an yeah. audience here um, totally. that want 
alternative comedy, you know, that yeah. we want to see these DIY shows. Yeah. Or into it. So um, that's the, you know, and that is because there's been a, you know, past comedians and stuff that like the Grawlicks and all those things that built the scene up. Fucking his head. He's working from home right now. I was like, I need one hour alone and this is yeah. what I'm getting. <laughs> <laughs> my dog over here just stared at me uh, right. <laughs> no people the, there were some com- pioneers in this scene um, and that's one thing I tell when comedians start complaining about not getting up early at mics or um, not getting booked or all this stuff I was like there's been a huge there were, there were people that worked very hard to get the scene to where it's at um, yeah. and to get an audience to care and to get venues to pay and to make it where there are people that can actually support themselves on comedy without traveling all over the place. And, um, you, they don't seem to, they don't understand the hard work that it takes to put on a successful show or much less a a successful mic. Um, and you know, I'm just like, well, if you don't, if you don't like it, then start your own, then go, go produce your own mic, go produce your own show, please do it. Because I want you to see that the work that it takes to actually get, butts and seats yeah and I think that people should go out and do it also because it should never feel like um, I've always been a big supporter of it's not just like it shouldn't be what's my slice of the pie it's like how many pies are out there like if you don't like how this is going go do it yourself somewhere else I've always kind of been like that people's like there's plenty of venues there's plenty of places for you like go develop your crowd somewhere you know and one they learn that it's tough and two You know, you get more, it's be- the more the merrier, the more comedy shows, the better, I feel. Yeah. Well, cause they're like, when the whole, like this summer, there was that whole like huge, like PC versus non-PC fucking thing that was a night yeah. for a little while. And, yeah. you know, I got called a, you know, I was like, that's how Steve ended up being <laughs> fascist and, you know, and, and I was, you know, they were bitching at me cause I was for censorship and all this stuff. I was like, no, look, man, uh, Denver's audience is a, is in that, you know, they don't want to hear your offensive jokes. Um, they're not going to stay. They're not going to pay money. They're not going to keep coming to shows. So you know your audience and there is an audience for that crap. There's an audience for offensive, racist, misogynistic, homophobic transphobic jokes there is unfortunately primarily the internet yeah go to kansas go to Oklahoma. um go to nebraska you know uh uh, there's there's scene out there for you yeah but it's not denver right it's denver the just from an audience standpoint yeah well Um, and that's from like every direction too there's like just that's the producer's job so people can't get upset sometimes of like for not getting booked. It doesn't always, and you have to like, not like, it doesn't always mean that you're a poor comedian or like this or that. It's just like the producer knows the audience and that's why they're picking the comedians that they are. It shouldn't, of course we're going to take it personal because we're narcissistic assholes because we're comedians. Yeah. Can't help it. But a lot of it is like me as a producer, it's tough sometimes to choose people. It's like, I like this person better this person's comedy is going to fit in with my lineup better. So I yeah. kind of, you have to let go of loyalty sometimes. I honestly haven't seen personally mm-hmm. in the Denver scene. And I, I know that I've only lived here since June, but uh, I just saw on Facebook, I came out here, like I started March 16th of 2016. And I came out to do Mike's April 20th of 2016. Nice. So it's been in a long distance relationship with Denver comedy the entire yeah. time I've been doing comedy. I've come out as much as I can. I've brought comedians to Kansas. My little brother uh, is a comedian as well. He's brought um, Sam Talent to to Kansas a couple times. Nice. Um, so we 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 me and my little brother we really love Denver comedy, and we've yeah. been as involved in it from Kansas as we could. Um, and so it's not like I came out here like not knowing anybody, you know. Um, right. And so. I've watched, I know I've been paying attention from Kansas and um, I haven't really seen a lot of comedians that I feel 
are getting gypped, that are getting, is gypped a bad word? I'm not supposed to say gypped anymore, am I? <laughs> I think there's some right. No, is gypped a bad word, is it? <laughs> some sort of like, uh, <laughs> like a Jewish thing. Is it? Yeah. Gypped that's uh, anti-Semitic. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know what good, they're not getting screwed out of anything. They're not getting right. yeah. overlooked. They're not getting not booked when they deserve it. And it may not be yeah. that they're not funny. It could just be that they're an asshole and no yeah. one wants to work with their fucking ass. I also do that. I will say that is like, if somebody's a fucking asshole, I don't book them. I don't care how fucking funny they are. There's always more, there's always more people I can deal with. Just like if this person was right for the show, there's always more shows I can put you on, you know, don't be a bitch to me right now. Cause that means you gave away all your future shows, you know, it's like, yeah. why, why can't people just be kind sometimes? I'm just like, why can't you just be nice? That's my advice to new comedians. That's my first advice to new comedians. There's, yeah. there's two things you need to think about right now is to be funny and be kind. And that's yeah. all you need to worry about right now. Don't worry right. about whether you're getting booked. Don't worry about who's getting booked or where you're going up at a mic. Just plug yeah. away and be funny and be kind. And Denver comedy will recognize you. Yeah. If you're not an asshole. And exactly. so um, nobody ever gets booked because they're sitting around whining because they don't get booked. No one gets put up early at mics because they're sitting around whining. They want to be put up early at mics. People get put up early at mics because they're consistently funny. Yeah. Consistently at that mic. Yeah. You know, and, and, and the people that run the mic see that. And uh -huh. they, so they, you just have to pay your fucking dues. Just top of mind, you know, for people, you just have to make yourself available and that, you know, positive. I don't care how funny you are. Mm -hmm. If you're an asshole. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Um, yeah. I mean, comedy clubs don't seem to care. Yeah. Well, that's tickets. But yeah. But yeah, just don't be an asshole. If you want to do DIY comedy. Yeah. Well, even some people I feel like that are um, not really assholes face to face. They, I've seen them get up on stage. Like I've seen people lose the audiences so quickly just by being a dick to the audience uh, or to the venue. You know, it's like you can go around and comment about the venue, but there's like just like a line sometimes or like where they just like talk shit on the audience or like, oh, Colorado Springs is bullshit. You know, it's just like, oh, and I'm just like, dude, like these are the people paying to see you. Yeah, that would probably be rule three is don't shit on the venue. Yeah, right. Um, I get that uh, more often because I book at weird venues that aren't, have never had comment, you know, uh, a brewery that's also a garden house, you know, like a garden greenhouse. Uh, places that are just like really weird looking or really tiny or crazy. So there's a lot to say, but there's such a different way to say it, you know, yeah. to make it funny and not just like the owner is right there and you're kind of being a dick. <laughs> like, yeah. I got that um, so much. I'm like next to the people like, oh. Oh, I know. I hate that. I hate that. Um, which is kind of a wild card when you start booking these comedians that aren't very well known. Yeah. Well, I have to rely a lot on um, uh, referrals or I watch tapes, you know, or just like pay attention of who's getting booked. I'll honestly see that. It's just like, okay, this person's come up as a feature consistently. I know I'm pretty, pretty safe of booking them as a feature, um, but you know, I don't know them. I don't have a personal relationship. A lot of the time I'm meeting them at the show for the first time. Yeah. Uh, and so it's yeah, hard. I, I see them at mics. I mean, I go to a lot of mics and I do, you know, with the 5280 comedy site and the yeah. book, I see all the posters. I see all the shows. I see who's getting booked. Right. And, not, and um, who's getting booked more and who's not. And um, yeah, I, like I said, I haven't seen, I haven't seen anybody that's being overlooked that deserves, you know, that yeah. to complain about it well and also I think sometimes when uh, I've been really it's been really cool because when I book somebody a lot from Denver a lot of the time I can say like hey I have a five minute spot open you want to grab somebody and uh, like Elon Stribling that's who brought me like Eric She right. and that way you know just different things is like I try to allow open like you said like giving chance to opening comedians um, and so I let a lot of the features of the headliners kind of refer who are some openers that I should get up here in Colorado Springs? And so yeah. That's helped me meet yeah. more people and then True. watch them turn from opener. Cause that's how I met Elon Stribling. He was an opener that, um, I'm trying to remember who brought him, 
it was maybe Kyle Poog or somebody, I don't know. Somebody brought Eland, like, when he very first started and he was like really good that I booked him as a feature and the last show I had him on was a headliner and just like in one year I've watched him you know and that's been real cool that's what that's what I really want with my newbie showcase so bad yeah um and that started because there's these comedians coming out of like Christy Buckley's class um that are just so talented and just that class has done so much for them as far as like just teaching them not just about not about comedy and jokes and stuff but just stage presence they they already yeah. have this stage presence that they're so far ahead of the game that's awesome um, and just they're so funny and they're already doing act outs and things that i wasn't comfortable doing for three years you know yeah. and they're just they're really really funny and they need i think that um maybe they haven't been doing comedy that long but they invested in that class financially and time-wise. Um, yeah. That really factors in for me. The fact that they took that class actually makes me want to book them more um, yeah. because it's a, it's a shows a level of commitment. Well, and they've at least been told some things that somebody off the street hasn't probably been told like lessons that you have to learn the hard way. If you don't take a class, Yeah. Just things of like, uh, the person's not taking a picture of you, they're flashing you off the stage, like, get off, you know, like, those things that are just, like, you have to have your embarrassing moments. Yeah, like, oh, wait, is that light for me? Yeah, yeah. I The first time I did comedy, I ran the light. I did it at the comedy club in Wichita, oh. um, but I was so just wrapped up in what I was doing. Yeah. I didn't see the light flashing. I I don't know. I just, and then they were flashing. Well, you know, looking for it. You don't yeah. know. Like, were, I was like, Oh, is that, am I done? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, okay. So that's how I ended my first set was like, Oh, yeah. I'm done. All right. And, um, big closer. yeah, I didn't have a big closer. Um, <laughs> but yeah, those things I just, and then there's a lot of, there's a, a lot of comedy, not a lot, but I have, I have comedy babies. I have some com- young comedians, uh, in Kansas and stuff that look to me as like their comedy mom. Nice. Um, and they're super great, funny kids. And I really enjoy it. I just enjoy nurturing people that deserve it. Um, awesome. I can be really mean and tough when you don't. Yeah. Um, so, and I will tell all, I mean, if somebody asks my opinion, they're going to get my opinion. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. If they're like, Hey, is this a good joke? Or, you know, does this sound racist or should I be telling this joke? And I'm, I, and they're going to get the truth from me and I'm yeah. not going to sugarcoat it. And I'm not going to just stroke their egos because I don't want to hurt their feelings. You know, I don't, I don't give advice unless I'm asked for it. But if you ask me my opinion, you're going yeah. to get my opinion. So you know, which is hard for some people. Well, let me ask you this on a joke for a film that I'm editing later today, because I'm questioning it. Yeah. Because uh, I was kind of drunk when we did it. Uh, <laughs> you know, you're just like, filming, you're just like and I'm like, this is so funny. And later I'm like, no. Uh, so two white girls, uh, we are, it's just kind of like a culmination where characters making fun of every kind of like basic bitch sort of like trope in it so we're doing like making cocktails sort of thing so then we're talking about the jigger you know the thing that uh measures for alcohol so at one point she goes like where's my jigger and I go oh I think Jermaine's over there I was like no no not that it's a hard j is that crossing the line probably I am not comfortable with it yeah, it, that's what I was like. Would, I watched it back later, and I was like, Ooh. Yeah, it would make me feel like a, oh, right here. You know But it's I'm, also, like, that's the trope of what those girls would do. So yeah. I'm trying to decide if it, if this makes me, I'm not going to do comedy that makes me feel uncomfortable. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm probably going to cut it out. We if, thought about, like, I was just like, later, I was like, I don't know. If it, yeah, there's a lot of things that I, I have said in the, you know, that are super funny between me and a friend while we're getting high. That yeah. I would never stay on stage. And and just exactly. like, like uh, I was trying to write a joke. I was trying to write some clean material, which I always end up 
going bad, so bad. Um, but I was just trying to write this benign joke about how Golden Road out in Golden pisses me off with all the roundabouts and they're, they're, first you're going 15 miles per hour as it is. And then there's roundabouts and immediately a speed bump. Like why not have a stop sign? You know, and so I was like going off about this whole thing about this road pissing me off all the time. Yeah. And I was like, you know what, Golden? Why don't you just go suck a bunch of donkey dicks? Okay, all of you, every last one of you, even the babies, okay? I don't know how you're gonna get their little lips around that donkey dick, but you better figure it out. <laughs> it was hilarious to me and my friend while we were getting right. <laughs> never get on exactly. a stage and say that I, I, I'd stop right I, I could probably stop at the um even the babies yeah and, and then a little there. part is like oh <laughs> but then yeah but then I'm making you picture babies with their lips around a donkey dick that's not yeah yeah there's I don't no that. that's not what I'm trying to do yeah but we really laughed hard about it at the time yeah that's funny <laughs> best thing too is I write so much comedy like I write things in my phone when I'm real high. I'm like this, yeah. this is magic. This is yeah. golden. Oh, so good. And then I read yeah. it when I'm sober, and I'm just like, yeah. It was not. That's not fun yeah. at all. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's like having that realizing. Well, it's also like even if you think it's funny, really funny, some new comedians don't get it. It's like think about how the audience is gonna take it. Too. Yeah. You can have this really funny thing. It's not you're not up on stage only to make yourself laugh. If you're at a showcase, you know, open yeah. mic, you can fuck around, whatever. But a lot of the time, I feel like at showcases, it's your job to make the audience laugh. If you're getting paid to be there. Yeah, that's your job. job is to entertain that audience. Yeah, not just and, yourself. Yeah, and or your friends or the comedians in the back. That's not who matters. Totally, it's the audience that matters. And so, because like for me, like talk about art of comedy and then like the logo I have for the nonprofit and stuff is because like the microphone is my paintbrush and the jokes are the paint and the audience is my canvas. Um, yeah. You know, so that's the whole, that's the audience is the product. That's the right. end result of my art is yeah. laughing and being happy and leaving with a good feeling and thinking, man, she really made me feel good tonight when I was sad or, you know what I mean? Uh -huh. it just, that is the whole entire point for me. Yeah. Um, you know, that's where I get my validation and I get, so I, I but I'm a, you know, I'm a, I'm a pleaser. So I want to please the audience. And so um, I have like an arsenal of comedy now. Like when I first started, my first 10 minutes was just filth, just yeah, just dirty filth. Um, I think I said pussy like three times in 10 minutes, right. um, you know, and so I, that's all I had. And I went to do this showcase in Topeka, Kansas. And yeah. it was a bunch of old white people. And there was a 15 year old oh, right, in the right in front in the middle of right in front of the stage with like <laughs> grandparents and his parents. But this is all I had. I didn't have anything. I, I didn't have the ability oh. to go off the cuff. I had my 10 minutes. Yeah. And they booked me knowing that that was my 10 minutes. So, uh, um, so I have this joke where I'm like, but my face screams cocksucker. Uh, and at that point had never not killed with that joke. And it yeah. was silence. Uh, it wasn't even groans or anything. It was just silence and white faces staring yeah. at me. And uh -huh. I was just like, okay guys, well buckle up. <laughs> yeah. It's going to get worse. And this is the jokes I have. And I, I mean, I said that to them. And yeah. I, I just push through, um, uh -huh. but you know, you have to sometimes that's just a bombing story that everyone yeah, has. They were not, they, that audience was not, did not enjoy me. Um, the comedians that were there really enjoyed the whole thing because <sighs> they were watching me sweat up there for 10 minutes, yeah. but, you know, but I didn't. I didn't cut it short. I did my 10 minutes. I did my full time. Yeah. You know, I could have like shortened it and got off stage and nobody would have cared, but no, I was there. I was getting paid to do 10 minutes. I was going to do my 10 minutes. Yeah. And, um, now if I were to walk into that room, you know, I got my kid jokes. Um, I got like, I did Terry, you know, who Terry, Bar you know, Terry Barton Craig. Yeah. I did her show and I, you know, I had a few, I had like two or three 15 minute sets that I yeah. was going to do. And then, you know, I was like, I'm going to see what the audience is like. I've never done these shows before. And uh -huh. so when I got there and saw our audience, I was like, yeah, kid jokes. Yeah. We're doing the kid jokes. Right. Um, 
so now I like, I have like an arsenal of, some people get so wrapped up. I mean, I understand you love your jokes and they're like your children uh-huh. and you want everyone to like all of them. But some people get so wrapped up in that that they're like, no, this audience is going to like these jokes because they're funny. And yeah. Or they can't tailor them. You know, they can't realize, or they can't take feedback. Yeah. They feel of. like if they're tailoring their jokes they're somehow selling out or something. No, and, that's not the case. It's actually being a smart comedian. Cause you're an entertainer. That's your damn job is to entertain yeah. people. For sure. It's what I'm well, I probably have to wrap up pretty soon. Yeah. Helen, I got to go do lunch. I'm hungry. No problem. And then I have to go. I, re- I forgot I had to take somebody to the airport. I just got a message. Yeah, I got a pee. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I feel yeah. But, and no, I drank all my water. That's a good interview. Got a water yes, down. Yes. My dog wants to go out too. So. All right. No, this is good. I'll talk all day if I don't get stopped. Uh, um, no, it's great. And I hope to see you soon. Yeah. And I really want to get down to the Springs to do the mics down there and stuff. I just spent a lot of time without a car. I just got, I just got everything going and now it's over. Well, it's not, Uh, it's paused. Yes. Paused. That's better. Thank you for joining me today. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. This was fun. This was great. And, um, I will see you around. Okay. Awesome. Bye. Bye. Bye.